Ladies and gentlemen, it's time once again for your words against mine, a competitive reading podcast between siblings. I'm your brother co-host, Thomas Dempsey. I'm your sister co-host, Elizabeth Connor. And we are just about done with the first month of the year. Mm-hmm. It has both seemed very short and very long in various ways. Yep. I feel maybe I just have a better sense of the time of it in a certain regard because I've been doing a lot more journaling this year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I have a journal I keep up like every two to three days just jotting down the sort of events and goings-ons that stick in my memory. Okay. And uh, I've also taken to doing a media journal mm-hmm. where at the end of every day I note down every book, TV show, video game, uh, movie, and album that I listen to. Hmm, that's cool. Yeah. I'm doing it as a Word document, and it'd probably be much better suited to a Excel spreadsheet. Mm-hmm. So I might look into fixing it at some point. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I've been... You, you do any journaling? Um, I have this habit of, like, I buy these these like page a day journals like off of Amazon and oh sure i try to you know fill in the page of like just stuff that's happened things that i'm thinking about stuff like that and i just i don't know like life gets busy i end up not filling in a page a day and then i feel like a failure and then i usually end up kind of giving up on it okay so um Anyway, that trend is still happening. Oh, right. So, I'm trying not to, like, see it as, like, a failure if I don't fill in a page every day. I just try to, like, write down what, you know, if I go, like, a week without writing in it, I try to, like, go back and just think about, like, something that, that, that happened on that day. It can be, and it can be as small as, like, the only thing I remember that day is, like, what I had, what I made for dinner. Right. So. That's fine. Yeah. In terms of keeping occupied, uh, I don't know that I've talked about this yet, but at the st- have I talked about the game design program that I joined in on? It seems like the kind of thing that came up in a previous episode, but yeah, uh, you, if I didn't mention it. I know you and I talked about it, but I can't remember if that happened during a recording or if that just happened like... Okay, well, I'll go ahead and just give it another shout-out now. I've been, um, since the start of the new year, been working in this uh, sort of free-form writing workshop called Pixels, uh, where me and a bunch of other people are all on this Slack channel, and we're being given lesson plans and assignments and stuff to go over. And we're just sort of learning the ropes of what writers do in the video game industry coming up with like documents and proposals and stuff like that Mm -hmm. and giving each other feedback on our work and stuff I've been enjoying it it's been uh, it's pretty accessible in terms of commitment there's only about like 8 to 10 hours of work to do per unit Mm -hmm. which each unit lasts about 2 weeks Mm-hmm. So, you can fit it into your schedule as, uh, as it like you're able to, and you can really have the space to look in on other people's work and take inspiration from it or take uh, lessons from it. And 
yeah, I've, it's been a nice time. So I've, it's also got me into looking at various uh, textbooks on game design. Uh-huh. And I've had one I've been reading for the last several weeks, but I've hit kind of a wall with it because there's a there's an object lesson unit that advises you to play along in certain games uh, as the unit covers them. Mm-hmm. So I'm holding off on progressing with that book until I'm able to get the games in question and try them out. Okay. But uh, yeah, part part I'm really get feel like I'm getting something out of it. Ideally, this sort of thing could like help you build up connections in the industry or maybe a portfolio for job applications. Yeah. Yeah. So cool. we'll. Uh, yeah. Uh, keep you updated on how it's going. All right. And uh, anything big happening <clears throat> over there? Let's see here. So school's been going good. Uh, I okay. So this is this is like exciting for me. Um, yeah. I at the beginning of the month I emailed the principal of the school where I'm at like later in the week and was like, hey, yes. there's this conference coming up. I want to go. Like, can I have the professional development days? And I didn't hear back. So then I asked the vice principal hey, I sent this email, I haven't heard anything back, uh, is there anything else I can do? And the vice principal said, why don't you like email um, the fine arts coordinator at the district and let her know what's going on? And I said, okay. So I emailed that, that lady, the fine arts coordinator, and yeah. she gets back to me and she was just like, well, are you a member of the organization for this conference? And I'm like, um, I have been in the past. I'm going to pay to, like, renew my membership. Uh, I just haven't done it yet. Okay. And the next thing I know, the fine arts coordinator's secretary um, or assistant is reaching out to me, and she's wanting to know, like, am I a member? What are the dates? Like, all this stuff. So I get her the membership, and long story short, the district's going to pay for me to go. Awesome. Like they're paying, like they're literally, like they're paying for everything. Like they pay, they already purchased my registration. They're paying for my hotel. Um, I get like a meal budget. They're gonna pay. They're gonna reimburse me for gas. That sounds great. So in the eleven year, because this is my eleventh year in teaching, the ten years oh, wow. of teaching prior to this, like the yes. like I've never like I it's never been paid for. Um, now, granted, I have not tried to go in all 10 years of my career because either um, I didn't have the money to go because like you're, you know, the conference is expensive because I either didn't have the funds to go or I had like taken off a lot from work. So I just didn't feel right about missing more work so I could go to the conference, um, stuff like that. So anyway, so I have, and I really haven't tried to go since like COVID has been a thing. Right. Uh, so this is like the first year in probably, I would say since like, twenty probably since 2018 or 20, I would say since 2018, this is the first time that I'm going back to the conference. Oh man, well I'm glad it's working out for so you. So I'm real excited, yeah. So um, that is half, and I'm going to the conference later this week actually. Nice. Oh, all right. Well, I hope you travel safely. I mean, it's just in Colombia, but still. Like, I'm still excited yeah, about I, it. If, uh, I don't know how rigorous the conference is going to be, but if you, if there's any opportunity for you to meet up somewhere, 
Uh, I could make the drive down. Okay. We could hang out. Okay. We'll talk yeah, about it. Just uh, yeah, we'll get we'll stay in touch. Yeah. So, uh, was there any non-reading related uh, media you consumed in the last couple weeks? Uh, so Thursday I took my Adderall really late in the day. All right. And like got home from and like I mean I had to be at work till like seven o'clock that night anyway, and uh, oh, wow. for a after school event and um. Anyway, so got home and, like, couldn't sleep. Cause, oh, yeah. And, cause, and, and so I was like, well, what what can I do, like, to occupy my, my attention until I go to sleep? So I was like, you know, you've only got three episodes of Wednesday left. Oh, yeah. So I finished Wednesday. Um, it's a cute show. It's it's kind of hokey. Sure. But, well, I mean, it's Adam's family, so... Yeah, but, I mean, it's a cute show. It's, uh... It, it kind of reminds me of, like, Riverdale. Yeah. I mean, it's it's not as... It's not cringy like Riverdale is, was. Oh, okay. But, I mean, it's very much like a teen... Like a teen drama show. Yeah. So, I mean, I liked it. It, it was cute. I will, uh... Season two is going to come out, I think, in 2024, so... Yeah. Um, so I will definitely check out season two when it does come out. Okie doke. Yeah, uh, last couple of days I've been getting in some gaming. Um, this new video game in the Fire Emblem franchise, which is like this sword and sorcery tactics game, where you move around like warriors on a board, fight armies and stuff. Mm-hmm. Latest one of that came out the other week, and I've sort of started getting into it. Uh, the mechanics of it are really fun, like mm-hmm. the actual act of like moving the pieces around and strategizing. As far as the story goes, I'm still in the early goings of it, but uh, it's very, I guess, young adult melodramatic, mm-hmm. wherein like you're the amnesiac scion to this sort of like dragon emperor. And you've been asleep for a thousand years after sustaining injuries and some great confrontation. And you have no memories of it. And then these mysterious dark, these mysterious like undead armies start attacking your castle and your dragon mom dies. Yeah. And then you have to go out into the world and collect all these rings. So it's very sort of hokey, but... uh, at, at the very least, like, the systems are straightforward enough that you're able to just sort of, like, vibe with it. And, uh, yeah, I've been having a good time with it. That's good. Yeah. And I've got plenty of games I've been meaning to catch up on, so hopefully I'll be able to stay on top of that, but... Okay. There's just, there's just always so much more to engage with than you'll ever really have time to do. Yeah. In fact, just before we started recording, I was sort of scrolling through TikTok in this one book talker that I really enjoy. I can't look her up at the moment, but um, she was just saying how I think she'd picked this up from somebody else in turn. That the idea of like curating a book library should be treated less like you're maintaining a TBR and more like you're building a wine cellar. Oh, I so like that. The idea that. isn't that the idea isn't so much that you're buying all these things to consume you're just sort of buying them to like 
appeal to your sense of taste. Uh-huh. So, you can get stuff and then, like, potentially offload it later on if you're never going to get around to it or if it's just something that doesn't really speak to you as much anymore. But it was just a nice little, almost like a Marie Kondo-esque sensibility about book ownership. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. If that all sounds good with you, then you ready to start talking about our reading? Yep. All right. Well, um, in the last episode, I mentioned having some books that I had read but was not at liberty to discuss. Yes. Uh, I am no longer, I guess, behind the... I'm I'm no longer under NDA, I guess. So (laughs) I can now say that I have read in preparation for this episode the book that was assigned for our reading challenge and I have read both of its sequels wow so I am I have read the complete uh, I forget what the na- the technical title for the trilogy is called but basically the Sleeping Giants trilogy mm-hmm. and uh, I finished oh, the last Themis. book yeah the Themis archives the Themis files I think files yeah so I read all all three of those books. I finished the last book, I want to say, the day after our last recording. Oh, okay. And I'll be able to get more into that later. Uh, apart from those, I've only read two other books. I've only finished two other books. I have several others that I've been juggling the last week or two. And uh, we'll probably have them finished up in another couple of days. But, uh, yeah, they're just keeping me occupied. Okay. And... One of the two other books I am at liberty to discuss is... I mean, one of the other two books I'm finished, I'm also not at liberty to discuss until the next episode. Darn, look at you getting these challenge books, like, out of the way. Yeah, I... It almost doesn't feel like in the spirit of the thing, because... It used to be I would leave the challenge reading till the last second. Mm -hmm. And I feel like this year I've just done a much better job of making that my priority yeah and it also doesn't help that so far both books for the reading challenges have been very accessible mm-hmm. so yeah so that, that's all that but uh, I do have at least one book that I can mention uh, like completely okay and yeah that book is called Red at the Bone by Jacqueline Woodson it uh, is. I don't know how autobiographical it is. It has like the the flavor of an autobiographical novel. Mm-hmm. But it's basically written from the perspective, from all the different perspectives of this one extended family back at the turn of the 21st century. Mm-hmm. And it's, and it basically focuses on this woman named Ira, or Iris, and her daughter named Melody, and. Uh, Iris's husband, Aubrey. And uh, basically, back in the 90s, Iris and Aubrey are both teenagers. And they hook up, and Iris gets pregnant and uh, commits to having the baby. Okay. And uh, at the start of the book, it is Melody, Iris and Aubrey's child's 16th birthday. And she's they're having like... Uh, I'm not sure what the technical term for it. It almost feels like a quinceanera. Mm-hmm. But um, they're a uh, 
an African-American family living up in New York City, like around Brooklyn or thereabouts. Okay. And at, at certain points of the book, it'll jump into the perspectives of, like, Iris's grandmother. Mm-hmm. And it'll talk about, like, the family's history with racism in the South and fleeing to the North and stuff like that. Okay. So, And then you'll get uh, Aubrey's perspective growing up with a single mom who is, like, like slowly dying of cancer and then uh iris after having given birth to melody for like the first several years like basically after iris gives birth to melody she lives leaves the baby with aubrey to be raised by him and uh her grandparents Mm -hmm. and then she just goes out of state to college and basically just keeps that distance up for the rest of for the rest of their lives basically because mm-hmm. after having the baby she just sort of like starts developing this i won't say resentment but just like this sort of existential need to get away mm-hmm. and then that sort of resolves itself into some realizations about her identity that she comes into as she goes off to school and the interesting thing about the way the book is written is that certain characters while being portrayed very like harshly uh in certain chapters mm-hmm. will then be afforded like a great deal of interiority and understanding later on mm-hmm. so you're never really put in a position where you can wholly condemn anybody's actions and like even sometimes there'll be characters where throughout much of the book they're being portrayed as like unambiguously like good and generous and then you'll be shown a side of them from another character's perspective or just another aspect of their life that didn't sort of enter into it that really sort of makes them feel more three-dimensional mm-hmm. and the book itself is pretty short it's barely to it's just under 200 pages and that's being generous given how short a lot of the chapters are and how sparse a lot of the prose is mm-hmm. but uh it's very beautifully well written it's almost like uh if you've ever read a poetic novel yeah like something by ann carson or somebody like that okay it's kind of it feels like in that vein at times so once again read at the bone by uh, jacqueline woodson uh really enjoyed it uh, give it a recommend all right all right so how many how, what you've been reading so i read six books in addition to the book for our challenge um oh, i'm right. going to talk about them all at one time because they're all from the same series that worked out so last in our last episode you know i talked about how i was reading uh like the the dark elf series in the worlds of protheca by celeste king yes and i went on my spiel about you know the details not being consistent well um that continued to happen okay uh and finally and so book i want to say this is like book number 11 uh or book number 10 and 11 um book number 10 and 11 are very like continuous in terms of the storyline, like these two books, you can kind of feel like, okay, like you're kind of being set up for the traditional romance series 
like structure. Um, yeah. Because these two books feature characters that are like within the same like group of friends or like within the same group of people. And uh, like they're and the characters that the book is not about like are on the periphery. So anyway, um, but basically like book 11 at, at one point I was just like, I, I'm, I can't do this anymore. Like I can't, I can't read because the, the, this, the dark elf series is like 15 books long. I finished book 11 and was like, I can't do this anymore. I cannot read four more books to finish the series. Okay. And I was like, and I was like, and I'm going to give myself the grace to not feel bad about it. Yeah. Because I was like, I can't do this. I, I just can't do it anymore. Um, yeah. The the details continued to be uh, not consistent in a way the action got kind of discombobulated because you would sit there and you would feel like I'd be reading and I'd feel like they were talking about one thing and then like two pages later I'm like, how did we get here in two pages? Like there was no transition. Um, right. You know, there was no like... There was no sentence saying we walked from here to here. It just was like, boom, you're you're now in this other setting and this is going on. Right. Um So yeah, so I will not be finishing this series and that's all I have to say about that. Alrighty. And I think that's perfectly fine. And uh Speaking of book series, I think when we get back from a quick break, we'll be talking about this week's reading challenge, and uh, we'll be seeing you then. Yep. And welcome back to Your Words Against Mine, a competitive reading podcast between siblings. Um, before the break, we talked about things that were not book-related and things and books that were not challenge-related. So now that we're back, we're going to talk about our challenge. Um Thomas, what did I challenge you to do two weeks ago? Oh, all the way back uh, at the not start too, of the year. Yeah, I mean a month yeah, ago, was, not two yeah. weeks ago. You're fine. Uh, you challenged me to read the first book in the Themis Files trilogy called Sleeping Giants by Sylvain Neuville. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was part of, I think, some of the books you had acquired from uh, Kindle or Unlimited. This one was actually, um, I purchased it, like, years ago, and it was on my, like, Apple Books app on my phone. Okay. Yeah. So. Alrighty. And you, you had had it as an ebook, and I had, at some point, already purchased all three in, like, their uniform hardback editions. Mm-hmm. And I had just had them arranged on my bookshelf over here. So I was finally able to get in gear and get rid of them, get get into them Alrighty. and uh i guess for the purposes of this challenge i'll really just go in depth into the first book before going into some of my thoughts about where the series goes after that okay all right but uh do you want me to give the description of it or or like the plot what yeah happens? go ahead knock yourself out all right well uh the first book in the series sleeping giants uh, opens with a little girl named Rose going out to play in the forest on her birthday with like a new bicycle that her dad got her. 
and she's riding out somewhere when all of a sudden the ground collapses out from underneath her and when she wakes up she is lying in the palm of a giant uh, stone hand that is resting in this chamber over there that she's found and then after that the book leaps forward like 20 odd years however long yeah and at this point rose has grown up to be a scientist uh, i forget what her exact uh, field of expertise physics expertise is she's a physics. physicist okay yeah well she's a physicist but she gets conscripted into the the uh, program that is researching and trying to understand what the giant hand is and more to the point trying to locate other large stone body parts that are believed to be spread throughout the world and the store as the story unfolds there's like this nameless handler character from whom whose perspective much of the story like takes place most of the scenes of dialogue just play out as like interview transcripts mm -hmm. between various characters and this unnamed person you get interviews between them and rose talking about like the research and the discovery of these giant what what you come to learn are like components of a giant robot mm -hmm. and uh, then you come to learn about these various people that are brought into the program to assist in the discovery of the robot and in its ultimate uh, piloting mm -hmm. and so long story short by about the midway point of the book they assemble all the pieces there's like tragedy ensues as they make attempts to learn how to pilot it and learn what its controls do and obviously like people get killed the broader world becomes aware of it it becomes a geopolitical like sort of touch point and then the book just sort of like goes on until it resolves at the end with the easing of tensions and the rescuing of people from sort of dire circumstances and then at the very end there's a twist and a sequel hook and that's the book yep Yep. So, what did you think of it? I really loved it. I really like this loved book. Loved it. I love this book. Alrighty. I really like the book. Well, I'll, I I will say I enjoyed the book. Okay. I had no trouble reading it. Uh, I found certain parts <laughs> of it to be more compelling than others, but uh, yeah, I'm really happy that, to have experienced it. Um, I liked how. Because technically this book is a work of science fiction. And yeah. to be honest, like, I wouldn't say within recent years, but like science fiction to me has always been very intimidating because I feel like it's very science-based. Yeah. You're and, just, it's sort of dense. Yeah, it's like, like I, I feel like uh, science fiction has this reputation for being... Um, dense and not easily understood and uh more about explaining the science than actually like adhering to a story okay um i'm not saying that's true i just feel like that's like the stereotype for maybe why 
it's not read as much or why it's not talked about as much. At least not in the sort of uh, circles that you go in. Right. And so I feel like this book did a really good job of balancing the science and explaining the science in a way that like a non-science field person could understand. Um, Yeah. But it also balanced like the science part of it with like the character development and interpersonal relationships among the characters. Yeah. I would say there's some strong inter personal uh stuff going on in this book yeah so it's definitely going to be a draw and and that's like really and honestly that is how i determine whether or not i like a book is do i like or do i appreciate the interactions among the characters oh yeah um so yeah i i really like this book i'm gonna read the next two how did you feel about uh like i like i mentioned in the description much of this book is just sort of transcripts of characters talking mm-hmm. so there's not a much there's not there's literally no prose uh, yeah with the exception no. of like certain characters writing in the first person right and, uh, and it's even all then, just like dialogue yeah and even then those are journal entries yeah um no i didn't i i like the i like the way that that was done um like how most of it was written in like interview form. Uh, I really like the play of certain characters with the unnamed interviewer. Like yeah. I like the way they played off of each other. Um, sure. Because the the in, the unnamed interviewer can be kind of a smart aleck. Well, they're very dry. Yeah, very dry. And very and like willfully obscure in their like intentions and uh meaning at any given point yeah so it's like especially early on and i'd say like even through to the midpoint of the book you're never totally sure like how trustworthy this character is or what where their uh intentions lie mm-hmm. so that but i feel like they managed that uh character without having them come off as too like uh frustrating i guess from a dramatic standpoint Mm -hmm. um i was gonna say there's this other character in the book who spoilers i guess sort of assumes the mantle of antagonist after a point Mm -hmm. uh do you remember their name they're the geneticist that is brought in oh uh the last name is oh Alyssa. Is it Alyssa? Alyssa. Yeah, okay, yeah. Alyssa sucks. Alyssa Papanito. Yeah. They suck. Yeah, they do. I hate I hated that character. <laughs> and uh without going too much in depth into it, uh that character reappears in the sequels and they never really stop sucking. Yeah. Because of course yeah, she does. I just hated them. Mm-hmm. And it almost becomes, it almost comes to a, a point where I feel like for as, as much as the writing is able to endear us to the unnamed interviewer character, mm-hmm. uh, it's much less successful at endearing us to characters we are meant to view as being unambiguously antagonistic. Right. 
So like it's it's almost like once a character is a, is firmly established as an antagonist, any nuance or uh, interiority that the art author is able to imbue them with just sort of dries up. Mm-hmm. And I'll say that's a big issue with me for the bulk of the series especially in the third one mm-hmm. where uh things really just sort of come to a head and there's several characters who sort of fall into that position that are just like no fun to read about like yeah. you don't like spending time with these characters especially considering how much of it is just their words yeah which is i think is sort of a a uh the downfall of not having any prose is you don't you don't get i get a buffer between just the pure personalities of these various characters mm-hmm. you don't really learn about like their mannerisms or the places they inhabit or like internal dialogues stuff like that it's yeah only just the stuff that they're saying to each other but you so, know okay so yeah. i guess because of the series that i just came off of where, like, there is so much inner turmoil, inner thoughts being written out, you know, all this inner dialogue happening, and also with the characters, like, changing their mind every two freaking paragraphs. Um, oh, yeah. Like, reading this was a nice break from that. Because it's, like, just... It's, like, just the facts, ma'am. Okay. You know? I can appreciate that. Uh, like I said, I did... Yeah. No, I was done. And like I and like I was saying, I did enjoy reading uh, Sleeping Giants. Uh, the two subsequent books in the series are Waking Gods and Only Human. Mm-hmm. And uh, I I would say like on my ranking of the series, I would say it goes best to worst, two, one, three. Okay. Because I enjoyed reading book one. I really enjoyed reading book two. I thought it was a marked improvement, like, in terms of the stuff I had, the, the qualms I had with aspects of the first book. I think that the nature of the conflict and the structure of the story uh, are both much more my speed. Mm-hmm. And then for the third book, it's like everything that I had issues with in the first book just came roaring back mm. to... And there's, like, things that the second book did very well that the third book just didn't really have the space for or inclination towards, I guess. That's interesting, because I feel like most of the time in series, it's like, or at least in trilogies, it's like, you know, book one and book three are kind of interchangeable for, like, the best or the second best. Yeah. And then book two is like, I feel like pretty consistently the worst. Well, I think one benefit is that, uh, without spoiling anything, book two is almost like a story happening in medias res. Okay. Because with everything that is established in book one, you've kind of given like a renewed baseline for things to happen in book two. Mm-hmm. Uh, whereas then book three is like almost like a complete reset on everything that has happened in the previous two books. Mhm. Uh and yeah, it's just uh 
I, I, I don't know. It was just um, sort of the the fundamental nature of what each story is looking to accomplish. Okay. And I thought that the second book was much more successful at that than the third one was. Okay. Well, I can't wait to read the next two books. Yeah, I'll be happy to loan them to you if you want, or if you've already got them, or whatever. Um, I can find them. At- I don't already have them, but when I was looking through the uh, like the like the Apple uh, Apple Books like store, um, they're not that expensive. I think book two is like maybe six dollars. Okay, well so. I can still loan them to you if you'd like. Okay. That's um, that's the Themis Files trilogy by Sylvan Nivelle. And uh, did you want to start talking word total? Yeah. Do you want to go first or you want uh, me to go first? Was there anything else on your mind or what? No. Alrighty. Well, Sorry, you, I, did, uh, I did have a little bit of a brain freeze because I was like, wait, don't we talk about the next challenge but we do that after work yeah we do that after word totals okay okay so do you want to go first or you want me to go first uh you can go first okay so i read seven books since the last episode which brings my two week total to three hundred seventy four thousand words i'm sorry three hundred seventy four thousand seventy six words which brings my total for the year up to um, 797,790 words. Um, okay. And I'm comparing this year's word count to my 2021 word count. I'm currently sitting yes. at 7.9%. Okay. And if I compare if I compare my word total from this point to this point last year, um I'm still sitting about two weeks behind, I think. Okay. I've still got, like, because at this point last year, I was, like, I was already over a million words. Sure. So, I've got some catching up to do to beat my, to beat my, uh, pace for last year. Although, according to Goodreads, I'm on pace to complete my reading goal of 157 books. That's nice. All right. Well, uh, for my word totals, uh, I, did, I didn't really uh, track it exactly, but uh, of the three books that I finished post the recording, that's interesting. Hmm. Okay, well, I'll just go ahead with what I've got so far. Okay. Um, oh, yeah, there it is now. I see it. Sorry. Okay, so my current word total is after the three books that I finished after... <laughs> our last recording my current word total is 588,941 which uh, puts me about a hundred thousand words ahead of where I was last year mm-hmm. and in terms of my my best word total from 2001 puts me at about 13 percent of the way towards that reading total okay yeah cool so you're at 13 and, uh, in terms of my and in terms of my reading goal for this year, uh, for books, I am, I think, four books ahead. No, three books ahead of uh, my current goal. So, okay. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm on pace to do it if I just keep it up. And I've got a couple other books that I'm probably another day or two away from finishing that uh, should help with that as well. Yeah. 
I figured it up, and in order for me to meet my goal by the end of the year, I've got to read, I think it's 14 books a month. Okay. And I've already read 18. So I'm off You've to a good... You've already read what? I've already read 18. 18, yeah. 18. I've already read 18 books in January, so I have myself a little cushion in case I have a month where, like, I just don't get as much read. So I think we're ready for a new challenge then. Do we want to do the bingo card now or after the challenge? Oh, yeah, I completely forgot about the bingo card. Yeah, we can do bingo card now. Okay. Um, so for my bingo card selection, I would like to put uh, Sleeping Giants on the science fiction category. Okay. Or the science fiction spot. I actually was planning on using a book that I'm still reading mm -hmm. to do it, but uh, I haven't gotten there yet. So, tell you what I do. I'm going to take the book that I finished but couldn't talk about, i.e. Uh, The Cabin at the End of the World. Okay. Which, uh, for listeners, is the book we'll be, reading, we'll be discussing for next week's reading challenge. And I'm going to have that for my horror entry the cabin in the world okay and this one's for horror yep so so far you've got sci-fi and romance and i've got a horror and short story collection yep okay all right that takes care of the bingo card we're mm -hmm. still a few weeks out from having any uh having any like potential bingos yeah potential bingos uh, but uh you got a reading challenge for us for yes. a month from now so in the spirit of trying to meet uh the bingo card requirements um and also books that i've already purchased uh our next book is going to be a biography Alrighty. and i have a question for you for as to which biography we're going to read Okay. Do you want it to be about religion or do you want it to be about science? Hmm. Let's do science. Okay. So we are going to be reading Lab Girl by Hope Jaron. Okay. Lab Girl. Lab Girl by Hope Jaron. Can I ask what the other book would have been? Um. Cut Me Loose Sin and Salvation After My Ultra Orthodox Girlhood by Leah Vincent. Okay. Well, and uh, who, who's Lab Girl by again? Hope Jaren, and it's J-A-H-R-E-N. Alrighty, that sounds good. And uh, who's that about? Hope Jaren. It's just an autobiography. It's an autobiography. Alrighty. And well, even though in, yeah, and even though audiobooks don't technically count for our show, um, just an interesting aside. Uh, she actually reads her own autobiography for the audiobook. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, I look forward to looking into that. Yeah. Yeah. So we're going to be talking in a couple of weeks time. We're going to be talking about Kevin at the end of the woods episode. After that, we'll be talking lab girl. Yep. So y'all folks can read along at home. If you want to be up on our discussions, 
and uh, if you want to get in t contact with us for, through whatever means, Elizabeth, I believe that's uh, we your Ballywick. Yep. So you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and Literally Club at Your Words Podcast. You can also find us on our website at yourwordspodcast.com. And you can send us a question, recommendation, or comment to yourwordspodcast at gmail.com. We look forward to it, and we thank you all for listening. This yes. has been a very good month for the show, uh, and uh, hope hope for the rest of the year to be just as strong. Uh, we want to reward your investment, and uh, we... bye. Bye.